So his question is, uh, should we ask questions? This ability is at the root of whole human progress. The ability to ask a question. If there were no questions, we would not have progressed this far. For good or bad. So, definitely, we should ask questions. How would we quench our thirst for knowledge otherwise? And just remember one thing though. Every answer is going to condition you a little. So if you want a certain kind of conditioning only, listen to only a certain kind of people. If you want more exposure, listen to everybody. And that would really open you up. As a teacher or as a guru, when you know the answer to a question, you say, look, this is the answer, as I know it. When you don't know the answer, you say, look, I don't know the answer. That's, the, that's my principle. I, if people are asking me questions on something that is not my area of expertise, I always say, look, I'm not an expert. I've told people repeatedly, there's only one thing I know really well, and that's meditation, period, nothing else. Everything else is just still ongoing learning. There's only one thing I know really well, and I've devoted a significant amount of time in mastering it, and that is meditation. Everything else is just the way it is. So similarly, you may have an area of specialization if you answer only based on that, and people understand it. Also, the greatest barrier is not in transmitting knowledge. The greatest barrier is in the receptivity and the readiness of the other person. You are telling them one thing, and they are taking it totally differently. Because as I was telling you just a few days back, never even for a moment think that people accept information with reason. Only and only on emotions. What suits them emotionally, they will accept it. And then they will justify it with their reason. That yes, oh, of course, that person made sense. If I spoke here in a disagreeable manner or if I spoke of a certain philosophy that you don't quite like or let's say I used a few swear words in my discourse half this hall will be empty tomorrow they will say this is not a holy man and this leads me to one little beautiful story. This guru was going with his disciple. And the guru took him to 
another person. It was a Sufi story. I first read it in Hazrat Inayat Khan's book. And the disciple on the way back said, uh, Master, I, I don't think he was a holy man. In the manner in which he spoke and the things he talked about, they didn't seem holy to me. So I'm sorry I tagged along because you wanted me to, but I'm telling my honest opinion. I don't think he was a holy man. And the Guru said, My son, it is one thing that he is holy and quite another that he should seem holy to you. Because you will only assess somebody based on your own readiness. And this happened in the life of Guru Nanak as well. Mardana asked him once. He said, Guru Sahib, you impart everybody equally all wisdom that you have. You never hold anything back. And yet, some people see God in you and some people are not open to what you have to say. Why is that? And Guru Nanak Dev took a little stone, pebble. He said, Mardana, I would like you to go in the market and just get a value of this stone. Don't sell it. Just let me know what you think is its value. He said, sure, I will do. Because one thing Mardana never did was violate his Guru's instruction. In the beginning, because he was a Muslim and he had his differences with Guru Nanak Dev. But once he accepted, once they went on the Hukum Yatra as it's called, he never returned. He said, your service is my life. So Mardana did as he was told. He went around. There was a, a person working at a construction site. He went to that person who was just mixing concrete or whatever they used to do at that time. He said, I have this stone. Would you like to buy it? He looked at Mardana as he was some buddy from just out of the cave or something. He said, what are you talking about? I can use it in my mix if you like <laughs> and put it somewhere. Don't waste my time. Get out of my way. He went to another person was working in the fields he said uh, I have this stone somebody says somebody's told me it's special what do you think about it would you like to buy it he said looks pretty good I could give you a handful of rice for it but no more than that he said no I don't want that deal Mardana went he went on the market everybody placed a different value on that stone so then he went to a jeweler he said, I have the stone. Jeweler said, where did you get it? Another beautiful thing you need to know about uh, Guru Nanak Dev's life history. It's actually historical, not fictional account. So everything documented actually happened like that in his life. So this jeweler said, where did you get this stone? And he said, well, somebody gave it to me. Tell me, uh, do you want to buy it? He said, buy it. See, all the goods on display here, I'll give you all of these. And 
Just give me this stone. He said, no, I cannot. He said, look, I will even give you the whole shop. But I need this stone. This is of immense value. But he said, no, I cannot give you. I will come back to you later. Smardana ran out of that shop. And <laughs> well, he had to because his guru had told him, don't sell it, just get it valued. And this guy was very interested. So he went back to Guru Nanak Dev and said, look, I got my answer. Because Nanak said to him, everybody is going to value based on what they know. It's the same thing. But your knowledge alone allows you to assess the value of something. There are people who look at a painting and say, I think it is crap. The people who say, look, I'll pay $30 million for it. It depends at what level you operate. And it depends on what is your level of understanding. Therefore, we always value whomsoever we value based on what we know. We cannot value them more than what we know. And that's why a teacher's job or a guru's job is to help you realize your value so that you constantly keep on growing and evolving. Now, one of the most touching parts when, you know, Mardana died before Guru Nanak. So when he was dying, he went there and uh, Nanak said to him, look, uh, you are a Muslim. And he loved him so much, Gunanak Dev, that for him, he repeatedly went to the Arabic world. Even the, even the structure of Gurudwaras have that influence of Arabia. So he said to him, would you like your body to be cremated or buried? It's the hardest thing to make a leap of faith. It is almost impossible. People can take gurus, people can except gurus from different religion, but to make that leap of faith, it requires immense courage. Because we don't want to let go what we already know. It's such a safety net. We don't want to jump out there in the ocean. We want to stick with our religion. We want to stick with what we know. And we will weigh everything in that context. So Nanak asked him, do you want to be buried or cremated after you're dead? And he said, Mardana said to Guru Nanak, he said, all my life I followed your instruction. Why would I do anything different now? You do what you want to do. Why are you asking me? You want to bury, bury, you want to cremate, cremate, you want to immerse it in the river, do that. When I gave you my body when I was alive, why would I not give you when I'm dead? So some texts say that he was cremated. Some say his body was immersed in the river. Which means it's a beautiful bond between a guru and a disciple. But the readiness of a disciple is pretty much the most important factor about how much he or she can receive from the guru. Otherwise, in somebody in Buddha's lifetime, why only a handful of enlightened people? Christ walked on this planet 2,000 years ago. Why only the 12 apostles he appointed? Why nobody after that? Because it is so easy 
to lose sight of the truth and get caught up in just materiality of that truth which holds no real significance one day satan was sitting with an angel and they were looking down on planet earth and there was this man with a glow and angel said to satan i said you see that glow this man has found the truth and now satan your existence is in danger because darkness cannot exist where there is light so that angel said to satan now your existence is under threat because this person's found the truth and look look at his his charisma people are already flocking to him is already being surrounded by all these people they will all discover the truth and you will have no place in human existence satan laughed ravan style so he he laughed ha 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 aren't you threatened angel said no 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 satan said don't worry one bit he's realized it i will organize it and the moment i organize it truth will go only organization will remain only dry rituals will remain only those mudras and kriyas and methods and processes and and methods and more methods will remain the path will disappear and that's why the readiness of a disciple is pretty much the most important factor and that's all you can do as a teacher or as a guru you can only share what you know and when they grow one day when they're at your level things will make more sense to them